Welcome to the Pike Podcast. The Pike Podcast is here to inform and inspire your fraternal experience. Topics covered include leadership, how to improve chapter operations, and how to improve yourself. We'll break down some of our most dynamic resources, from entire areas of programming to specific tools and strategies, to deliver an in-depth, comprehensive look at the elements that make our chapters successful. You can find other episodes and show notes at pikes.org slash podcasts, or look for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and SoundCloud. You're listening to the Pike Podcast. My name is Jarrett Way, Director of Educational Content and Strategy with the Pi Kappa Alpha International Fraternity. And today I'm excited to cut a podcast with a returning guest, our very own Director of Membership Development, Devin Teixeira. Devin, welcome back, man. Hey, Jarrett. Thanks for having me, man. It's good to be back. Of course. I'm excited to cut this podcast with you because we're talking about our exciting new program, the Chupac Experience, and some of these initiatives in terms of new member education and these key perspectives as they relate to new member education. So we can jump right in, man. I want to hear from you just because a lot of our chapters have a lot of different ideas about what the purpose of new member ed actually is. So in your own words, what is the purpose of new member education? So along the lines of groups containing or having some misconceptions about new member education is this idea that it's an additional vetting process when in all reality new member education is an onboarding process right so if your chapter is one of those that has this idea of it being a really t- tough intensive period to vet guys out you're really thinking it about it the wrong way in all reality where do you think that vetting should occur recruitment absolutely with the recruitment let's look at this from a human resources perspective within a company if I work in human resources and I hire you, so in our in our case, extend you a bid, it would not make a lot of sense for me to find out two weeks later I want to fire you, right? right. I probably wouldn't have my job in human resources for a really <laughs> long time. So something to set the stage with this and this idea of, of the purpose of new member education is one of the things that we preach a lot with recruitment is this idea that we don't make pikes, we find pikes. So that's what gets them through the door. So if you're going to extend a bid to someone, you should believe that they are a pike. Therefore, it's now the chapter and the new member educator's responsibility to onboard the new members. So this process is not at all about vetting. We have recruitment for that reason. We're not extending a bid to anyone who we don't believe already possesses these values. He's a scholar, a leader, an athlete, a gentleman, those inherent things that that make a pike. We talk about that a lot in our recruitment programming. So shifting gears into this onboarding process that you're talking about, what do you mean by onboarding when you say that? So by definition, onboarding is the action or process of integrating a new employee into an organization or familiarizing a new customer or client with one's product or services. So that's really relatable to us as fraternity men because you're onboarding this guy into the organization, but he's also purchasing the product or service that is the chapter and all the cool things that they do. So that is all your new education should aim to accomplish. Your job is to integrate your newest members into the fraternity as seamless as possible. Do you find that there's a lot of pushback when you go to these chapters to implement the Jupike experience about this perspective alone in terms of that vetting process? Because frankly, there are a lot of chapters that view new member education as a vetting process. What is the pushback that you typically see and what do you tell them about why that's problematic? Some of our most successful chapters view it as such as this onboarding process, and that's why they tend to be the best. Think about it again. You have the entirety of your time within the chapter to continue your development within the True Pike experience. That newer education is just a small sample size of the holistic development that you'll go through. Right, right. So we've talked about new member education in terms of what it's supposed to look like in terms of onboarding. 
So we've talked about new member education and what that's supposed to look like in terms of onboarding versus vetting process. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the idea of new member education and a new member class in terms of operations. A lot of chapters, in my opinion, view their new members as a smaller fraternity within their own fraternity. So what is your opinion about that, Devin? Right. You hit the nail on the head there, Jarrett. Throughout my travel, I hear a lot of groups talking about within their new member process, they always say something along the lines of our goal of the new member process to ensure our new members are one with each other and operate as their own chapter within the chapter, this micro fraternity within the fraternity. Right. And when I hear something like that, I typically think to myself, what does that mean? Like you're trying to create a click. Now, I'm not going to act naive and, and say I don't understand their intent there, but I think more often than not, it's it's poorly executed. Right. And I think there's a reason why so many chapters have that perspective. But like you said, maybe it is poorly executed or maybe just misguided. The question is, what are they trying to get out of making it that kind of ex- an experience for their new members? So maybe getting away from this idea that the new member classes need to operate as smaller versions of the greater fraternity what problems does that create and what would you rather see in terms of membership development, Devin? Yeah, so some of the issues that I typically see with this, this idea of being one is more along the lines of clicks being formed and inorganic relationships being pushed upon the new members. So typically what happens with this idea of this fraternity within the fraternity is a lot of burnout and apathy and sometimes academic decline occur because of that. When a chapter requires their new members to start running their own events, community service, etc., um, it really it's intense to teach them things, but it more so burns them out, and then they they begin to look at initiation as a finish line rather than a starting point that it's intended to be. Right, because what is that actually contributing to the greater good when we talk about operations to the fraternity? Because we would hope again, this is an onboarding process, not a vetting process. We want to call any member that we bid our brother one day. They're going to get initiated one day, ideally. And then they need to start contributing to what the fraternity is actually doing. So, yes, maybe planning events is part of that. But there is a lot more to being a new member within the fraternity than just executing on X, Y, and Z just for the sake of doing it. We're talking about these clicks, Devin. And I'm thinking there are a lot of chapters who might push back on that because they think a staple of the new member experience is being able to have an experience with your new member brothers to be able to say, we made it through this amount of time together. We did it together. We are one. We are this clique. We are this new member class in this chapter of this fraternity. And I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with having that pride for your new member class or for for your brothers who you went through that experience with. But again, what is the intention behind making these men do X, Y, and Z just for the sake of it? Right. So I think there's a lot of things going on there, um, specifically with the relationship. So the moment that we start to put this heavy prevalence on this short time frame that's new education, that's pro- that's going to be problematic for us, right? We're putting an incredible precedence on this eight-week time frame when there's this four-year experience to go through. And so the fact that we try to, or some chapters try to force feed in organic relationships, that's just not how relationships work. I can honestly say within my new member class that there are guys that I was really close with, and there are guys that I weren't so close with. That had nothing to do with us being in the same new member class. It just, there was a lot of time that was taken to form those relationships. Relationships don't happen in two weeks, they don't happen in four weeks, they don't have six weeks or eight weeks. They're going to take time, and we need to let them naturally build that way. 
And why why would we have a perspective where we want these new members just to be able to get that close with each other rather than, again, when they're initiated one day, hopefully, ideally, we want them to share that same experience with the brotherhood. If the entire brotherhood is operating as one, this idea of one rather than just the new member class, think about how dynamic that can be and think about what you can actually operationalize there rather than just everyone saying, we have our new member brothers, we're close with them. Yes, you may be close with some people outside of that, but that's where our loyalty lies. And we did X, Y, and Z, so now it's time for the next group to do it. So like you said, Devin, these relationships aren't built in just two, four, six, eight-week timeframes. This is something that happens over time. You cannot force these inorganic relationships by creating work for them to do just for the hope that they, they become closer because of it. You want them to be able to, yes, understand how to operate a fraternity, but on a, on a bigger scale and something that will contribute to your chapter as a whole rather than, than just retiring after they're initiated and being burnt out, like you said earlier. So what is a productive way to involve them in this fraternity chapter experience without making work for them to do just for the sake of them doing it? Absolutely. I'm glad you asked, Jarrett. One of the things that I typically tend to recommend, and because it's been a best practice for a lot of great chapters, and something that can be easily matriculated into your new member education program of the overall True Pike experiences, this idea of shadowing. Okay. And a lot of groups will typically have some component of this where they'll have their new member class mirror the chapter operations. But again, there, there might be a lack of execution on, on that end. And so this idea of shadowing is essentially this. Anytime you get a new member class, some of the fundamental onboarding pieces that need to be covered with the new members right from the get-go is teaching them leadership and operations. So how your chapter operates from an organizational flowchart. What that does, it gives them a glimpse of how the chapter operates in terms of a business. And then what you can do from there is either assign positions or have them nominate and vote upon themselves to hold roles that mirror the chapter's operations. And rather than have them, again, getting away from this idea of being one within their group and more so this idea of being one holistically, instead of having them do activities specific to their class or do events specific to their class, they should be doing those alongside of the chapter. So you're saying with the shadowing program, and let me backtrack a little bit because I think a lot of chapters already do this with the new member classes, but like you just said, the intention there, which is a lot of what we're talking about is the intention of what we're having these new members do, the intention there with the shadowing program is that they are being able to emulate what the chapter is doing within this own microcosm of the actual new member class. So instead, you're suggesting here that they're working alongside the chapter, the men that they're actually shadowing to help the greater good of the fraternity, even while they're new members. So Devin, what are some of the other benefits to structuring the shadowing program within the chapter this way? Right. So essentially what you'll be doing is you'll be giving a new member or each new member a title rule and a goal which will make them take ownership in the chapter and hopefully get them to feel obligated to invest their time and resources into their positions right it will also help new members understand specific positions within the chapter and its functionality which is something that helps after they're initiated they they already have a good picture of how to operate within the fraternity right At the same time, when new members hold positions that mirror chapter positions, not only are they getting hands-on training for that role, but they essentially become a part of that committee or that chairman's committee, which is essential for them to get matriculated into the chapter. And I think that also aids in continuity efforts within the fraternity. 
there are some times when maybe election season comes around and the chapter just doesn't know who's going to be filling every single role. This is something that helps a lot because there's an entire new member class who has hands-on experience just inherently throughout their program in these roles to be able to have an idea of what they might want to accomplish because they're already familiar with it. Right. Absolutely. Great point there. Additionally, there's opportunity for them to learn how the chapter run runs their business meetings because it allows them to do the work that's specific to their position and then allows them to relay that information during their new member education meetings in the form of their new member education business meeting, I should say. Most importantly, though, shadowing allows the chapter's newest members to gain overall exposure to running the chapter, as they will be the future leaders, not only in the chapter, but hopefully the fraternity long term. And I think that's the foundational point of the entire shadowing program. That is the purpose, to be able to, again, we're onboarding these members. Why wouldn't the operations of the fraternity be a part of this onboarding process for the new members to be able to be initiated and to immediately hit the ground running and be able to perform as an initiated brother of Pi Kappa Alpha. Now for a chapter that might not be doing this, Devin, what's a great way for them to implement a shadowing program and their new member education program? Yeah, so I touched on this a bit earlier, but at the outset of your new member education timeframe, you should teach them leadership and operations so they understand the roles within the chapter's organizational flowchart. At that point, you can either appoint them or have them do their own internal election. Ideally, it's something that mirrors your chapter's bylaws and that process so that way they get some hands-on experience into that. Then you would subsequently pair them with their counterpart within the chapter and then have them basically start doing the same things that that position holder would do. Again, virtually being on that committee providing insights, doing some of the, the hands-on work, and then they can also relay that information back. It becomes more of a, a seamless integration into the overall chapter experience. I'll also say this, if you're a chapter that is struggling to implement this shadowing program, talk to your consultant or reach out to Devin himself. It's something that isn't too hard to be able to set up, it just takes a little bit of organization on the front end, just like most things within programming for your chapters. Right. And one thing I will add to the tail end of this idea of the shadowing, and, and I think this goes hand in hand with the purpose of new education, this new idea of being one, and then shadowing is that what it's going to do, it's going to take a lot of pressure off the new members, right? So we're not asking them, again, to do their own events while also maintaining their grades and try to acclimate to this new thing that's college to them, right? So we're seamlessly integrating them, and then we're avoiding the academic issues and the burnout. Again, we want initiation to feel like a starting point to this overall experience that is Pi Kappa Alpha. Now, David, I'm sure there are some chapters that take pride in certain new member activities, like maybe a, a semesterly event that they hold or a quarterly event that they hold with their new members that their new members are responsible for putting on. So are we advocating here that we shouldn't be doing anything like that in the new member process. So should we just be careful about the intention of those things? Yeah, I think more so the careful of the intention of those things. Again, you can't ask a bunch of guys who have not had any experience in running events like this to do it. In my opinion, it should be more so on the chapter and again, the new member class helping to facilitate that. Again, them trying to be one with the greater whole. Understood. So let's shift gears here quite a bit, because while I've got you here, Devin, I want to talk about what I think might be the most contentious point that we are facing right now within Pi Kappa Alpha, which is this eight-week new member education process versus this four-week program. 
I think a great way to even start this conversation would just be to talk about the misconceptions of the length of time for new member education and the historical context there. So do you want to jump into that? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a, a lot of things going on here with this idea of eight week versus four week new member education. What I will say is timing has nothing to do with it. It's we've, we've got to understand this concept that new member education is onboarding. And some of the most successful organizations have very, very short onboarding processes because they want to get their members involved in the overall organization's mission and goals. So let's let's take a little bit of a historical approach to this conversation. Uh, back in 2016 at the New Orleans Convention, the then Supreme Council wrote up some legislation to create a task force to basically study the way that we do member development. Unfortunately, Pike didn't do much on a member development front, which was unfortunate for all of our, our members. So. They wrote this legislation and this Pike Membership Education Task Force was formed. And basically what this body did was over the course of two years in preparation for the 2018 Richmond Convention was study the way that we did member development, study the way our competitors did member development. We also studied corporate training programs. In addition to having some chapter executive conference focus groups, we were able to ask undergrads their thoughts. This body was actually composed of a few alumni, uh, a regional president, a liaison from the Pike University Board, and five undergraduates who all held chapter president roles throughout their time in their chapter. So it was a very diverse group to, to study this. And ultimately what they, they came to the table with at the 2018 Richmond Convention was to unveil their fi findings, which fortunately for us was the adoption of the True Pike experience, this elimination of ingress, this move more towards a formalized mentor program rather than this vague concept of a big brother. Well, one of the things that was on the floor, which the, the task force studied ad nauseum, was about shortening the length of the new education process. And actually got really contentious. Um, and understandably so. I think, again, this is something that a lot of chapters have some sort of reaction to because we are all very attached to not only our own new member experiences, but the experience that we provide within our own chapters. And even with the implementation of the TruePack experience, we're not touching anyone's new member education programs. We're giving them complete autonomy to continue operating the new member education programs within the constitution and codes and the standards of the fraternity as they see fit. Right, right. And let me dive in a little bit more on some historical perspective, because I think this one is really about perspective. So Pi Kappa Alpha was founded in 1868 at the University of Virginia. Did you know that for the first 47 years of our existence, there was no such thing as a pledging process? Right. So basically, Roberts and Howard would bring over a friend, let's just use in this case, the first initiative of Pi Kappa Alpha, Augustus Washington Knox, and say, hey guys, he's really cool. I wanna bring him on board. And that's how initiation occurred back in the day. It wasn't until a later date in time, I believe the 1915 San Francisco Convention, where they actually set up this induction process, which became our pinning ceremony for new members. That basically was the start of a formalized pledging process. Then you move all the way down to 2004 in St. Louis at that convention. Up until that time, there was no defined time frame for then the pledging process. And so they moved it to a 12-week period. And so it had to be done within 12 weeks or less. Fast forward to 2014 at the Baltimore Convention, the time frame was shortened to eight weeks. 
Now, I bring all this up because... And that was just in 2014, eight weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was just in 2014. But I bring all this up because throughout my travels, and I and I always bring up this this thought about eight week versus four week just to get them understanding. And I believe we'll touch on benefits here in a second to right. having a shortened process. But throughout my travels, uh, I talk to them about, I tell these undergrads the story of the convention and trying to paint the picture of, of what was going on there. And I had this individual actually tell me one time that he he could understand why it was so contentious because he figured we'd been doing eight-week New River Ed for 50-plus years. And then right there <laughs> in and of itself is is the issue, right? It's, it's just it's mis, it's a misguided perspective. Yeah. And we think about the fraternity experience, and it's at max four years within your college experience. If you're doing it all four years – you have a limited perspective and you tend to extrapolate what you know into something that we've always done and that's just not the case. Right, in my experience, I was a 2010 initiate. So prior to this eight week numer education timeframe, I was also a part of my chapter to witness at the 2014 Baltimore convention, the legislation that was voted upon by the convention body to move towards this eight week process. So I've got to see that and, I, and I've gained experience and perspective because of that. And perspective is what it's all about. It's almost wild to think about the historical context of new member education, especially as it relates to timeline and length, because it, it just simply has not always been this way, even up until recently. As, as recent as 2014 is when we got eight weeks of new member education defined. So yes, it is a contentious point, but I think a lot of that contention is coming from a place that just isn't informed Devin, you wrote a fantastic article in, what was it, the Winter Shield and Diamond, the yep. Winter 2018 yep. Shield and Diamond, about this historical context. And it, it takes you through exactly what we're talking about, how we came to be where we are today with new member education. These conversations are nothing new for our fraternity. And we're going to get into this in a second, but this is something that we have to talk about if we want to remain competitive and exist in this current fraternity landscape and this current climate for fraternity and sorority life. Yeah, Jared, it's actually a really well-done article on the evolution of Pike member developments, what it's called. You can find that in the winter 2018 edition of the Shield and Diamond. Um, really helps to, I guess, get, give perspective. And I'll be sure to link that in the show notes, too, so we can have that in the resource links. Perfect. I think this is a great segue into what's next. So you alluded to it earlier, the benefits of going to a four-week new member education process. So what are some of those benefits, Devin? Right. So some one of the things that the task force studied throughout those two years was, again, this onboarding timeframe, right? And what what we noticed was, in looking at some data points, was that chapters who had anything less than an eight-week numeric education timeframe retained about 13% more of their members until graduation. So not just through initiation, through graduation. Yes, I will reiterate that. I think it's such an important step, is chapters retain 13% more of their membership until graduation. So chapters tend to complain a lot about this the apathy that they face. And a lot of it can probably stem from this new member education period. And it's crazy to think about that. The groups who view it as an onboarding process basically say, hey, we're going to teach you how we operate. And they give you a pat on the back and say, go get after it. And those guys are gaining more of an affinity for the fraternity because of that experience rather than just this force-fed knowledge of 
all the things that chapters think is important to do during your marriage education. Everything we were talking about earlier, right? Ineffective relationship building, this creating work just for the sake of wanting the new members to have this idea of one internally, but not necessarily connecting with that bigger picture of the chapter. All those things feed into a lot of the problems that our chapters tell us that they face every day. And it's crazy to me that they maybe just don't understand what it stems from. Right. And I think the important thing to understand here is is that, again, numer education is onboarding. You have the entire duration of your time within your chapter to be continuously developed through the True Pike experience. Numer right. education is just one component of all of that. Absolutely. When I love when you give your presentations and you're onboarding these chapters, and I've been fortunate enough to do some of these with you. When you pull up that timeline and you say, look, we have this small section, even if it is eight weeks, a small section that is new member education, what we call new member education, whatever it is that you do within your own chapter versus these hopefully four years of this entire Greek life experience, why would we stop developing our men after just, say, eight weeks when there is an entire experience to be had after that? Right, right. You're, you're so on point with that, Jared. I would say some other benefits to a new member education or a short new member education process is you have less potential for standard violations. And I'm not going to paint with a broad brush and assume that all chapters do negative things throughout, but I'm sure there are some cancerous members potentially who try to do some things within this time frame because they have this amount of time allotted to them. Again, if if there's nothing productive being done, then then go ahead and shorten your time frame. And that's the key word, right? Productive. If we're talking about creating work just for the sake of work, like we've talked about, a longer timeline will yield a higher propensity for something wrong to happen. And again, we need to speak frankly here. In 2019, this fraternity climate is rough. It is hard to exist as a fraternity. Chapters are getting shut down left and right for very, very heinous things relating to alcohol, relating to hazing. And we cannot do that within our chapters. We cannot support it. And a longer timeline for new member education, again, just yields a higher propensity for these things to happen. We have to be smart. And we have to be able to mitigate some of these risks. And this is a great way to do it. Right. Just inherently. To go along with that, uh, just unpacking this idea of the current climate, whether we know it or not, and we don't make that decision ourselves, um, institutions are going to dictate that for us. And they're probably all leaning towards shortening the process. In all reality, the concept of pledging was established by institutions to help their students fully matriculate. And that snowballed into other things a world of problems a world of problems <laughs> you can say other things <laughs> yeah absolutely so we've got to adapt to the changing landscape or it's going to hit us in the mouth and so pi cap alpha already has resources our standard stock stuff for new member education is all around a four-week process and it's all built for that chapters have that autonomy to go up to eight but four weeks or less is, is our ideal best practice moving forward and i don't know if we hit on this Devin, but this Pike Membership Education Task Force created this legislation or what they studied yielded this legislation that was brought to the convention floor. And this was one of those pieces. And this was something, again, that was contentious. There was a lot of discussion on the floor and it was ultimately withdrawn, the legislation, right? Yeah, absolutely. It was it was taken away um, just because it was so contentious and we had to move on with other legislative items. Uh, but I, that this was something that I was really hopeful that would have stuck, especially considering that there was a tremendous amount of benefits, again, that we studied throughout. Something that actually just came into my, my mind, too, while, while thinking about the benefits is 
something that we we don't think a lot about as directly correlating with the new member process, but improved scholastic performance. I know that the short, there's something to be said when you look at a chapter's grade report and the new member GPAs are a lot lower than the overall chapter. It just right. kind of shows. And so it's just saying that there's a lot going on in this small time from that's newer education. Especially for an organization like us that lists scholars as our first value. Exactly, right? exactly. So, and then I guess the final thing that I think about when it comes to a benefit is this new idea of the post-game rush. And we've had this idea of a post-game rush for a long time, but I'd like to call this the modern post-game rush. So what it is, is post-game rush is this idea that when you get your new member class, you teach them how to recruit and they go do some recruiting for you, which is all fair, gung-ho and dandy. But in all reality, this is, it's the chapter's responsibility to recruit. If you're a recruitment chairman and you really embody this uh, embody this mantra of 24-7, 365 recruitment, you should be doing this. And if you have a four-week new education program, you can essentially do the same thing in in a fall semester or spring semester, two four-week new member education classes. And you're just onboarding them and then getting them involved. Onboarding them and getting them involved. And because there's no focus on this idea of one as a new member class. It's this idea of how can we contribute to the greater good of our chapter. Right. And there's so many positives to, to this opportunity of, of the modern post-game rush. So one, again, you're getting guys matriculated early and quick. You're also allowing your recruitment chairman the opportunity to be scouting the talent that's already on your campus before any other fraternities thinking about that. And to me, that is something to take advantage of. We like to preach most best men, here's your opportunity to gather the most best men. So to drive a point you made earlier home, if our chapters are not, at the very least, considering how they can move to a four-week process, they need to know that this is going to come down the pipeline at some point from their host institutions, right? Right. A little look behind the curtain. I know RCO Justin Buck has sat on a task force with the University of South Carolina because their new member education programs with all of those chapters on campus have been very problematic for them. And essentially, Justin has been sitting on this task force to basically look at this idea of eliminating this pledging process. What if a big SEC school does something like that? How do you think the dominoes fall? Everyone follows suit. Everyone's right? going to follow suit. Absolutely. Right. right. So it's it's we need to get on board, especially considering that there's so many opportunities that exist with a shortened process that whether people know it or not, will provide a tremendous amount of benefits to the chapter long term, culturally, operationally, etc. Right. So the pushback is certainly understood, but there's a bigger picture here. And I think our members could really benefit from having that maturity to be able to understand these dynamics and these factors at play and to get ahead of the curve. Because if we're not proactive, we're going to be reactive and we cannot afford to be reactive in today's current climate, as we've discussed. So Devin, what's the call to action here? So Jerry, I think the call to action here is is really to for a chapter to think critically about some of their processes that they they have within their member development experience. I know we spent a lot of time talking about new member education in this, um, but I think there's a lot to be said about new member education from what its true purpose is to how do we clarify this idea of being one and is that one with themselves or one with their greater whole that is the chapter, as well as some of the, the things that you can do to execute on that, such as a shadowing program. 
Um, I know we talked a lot about this four-week idea. I think it's something, again, just reflect upon and know that it's coming and, and get, get on board because it can have some tremendous benefits. To help with all of that, I think a resource or a few resources that you can look at are the Pike blog. I believe there's 28 blogs under the Vice President Membership Development category that cover a plethora of these topics. You can also rely on the fraternity staff. So we have a director of membership development whose sole focus is on the True Pike experience. So from the time a member joins until the time he graduates, we're going to spend a lot of time developing them there. And so rely on the staff for that. And then you also have the resources that exist for the True Pike experience, which all can be found in the MyPike Resource Center. Devin, I really appreciate your time today. I always appreciate your perspective and your absolute fire for membership development. Some of these things that we're talking about are things that are absolutely coming down the pipeline. And it's so important, again, for our chapters to be proactive. So your perspective is absolutely key here. And I appreciate you coming on again. Absolutely, Jared. Thanks for having me. It's been a tremendous opportunity. Thanks again for listening to the Pike Podcast. You can check out other episodes and show notes, as well as resource links discussed at www.pikes.org slash podcast. As always, it's a great day to be a Pike, and we'll see you next time.